Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And Danielle Levski. Yay! Hi. <laughs> and we gotta figure out how we're doing this. It's sounding board. Sounding board. It's just a sounding board. At some point, maybe we should record that. I say that every time we do that, no, though. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The, like we got to figure out right into the show for what you think. If you think that if we have a guest for sounding board, if we should announce that it's sounding board or introduce the guest first, <laughs> or if we should get rid of the Scopy Radio part at the beginning. You know, like, are there people that, first off, first off, do you listen to, when it says sounding board, do you listen? <laughs> well, <laughs> first, I think, first thing. Well, here, here's. I find flaw in your logic because in order to answer that question, someone have will to have to be now. listening. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's podcast. <laughs> they're on, <laughs> they're both listening and not. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be in this little world of yours. <laughs> it's it's a, a good weird way of putting it, honestly. Little world. Well, it's interesting. So, sounding board is kind of like both. Like, we really are inter- excited about the idea of having guests on mm-hmm. it, and uh, we're both also excited that you're here for uh, multiple reasons, which we can get into in a second after I kind of like kvetch generally. But like, <laughs> we're we're trying to figure out. Because we're not entirely sure if we want Sounding Board to, like, be part of Scappy Radio. Because, like, I don't know. I just basically, I don't know what people have, if people have, like, connotations with the podcast at all, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we do Sounding Board, and for a while we were doing questionable internet opinions, which, Josh, if for some reason you're listening, we should do that again soon. But that if was kind of like. For some reason you're listening. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Have anyway. some self-esteem at all. <laughs> it's like a smidge. It's like a, just like a hair. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. It's an interesting thought, and so we're just trying to figure out all the forming out of it, formatting of it. But so that's a piece of housekeeping. It is a space that we do housekeeping. Sunday board is 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 partly a thing. Um. But anyway, you're here. I'm well, here. So I we met on Facebook. We I did. Think. Yes. Well, you are very good friends with Olivia Lilly, who is also our our compatriot. We've we've uh, had her on the show a few times and love her work. Um, yeah, and we, we've read now a couple of your articles. Your very famous made the rounds DIY Chicago. Uh, very thing. famous. That's what a writer wants to hear. I mean, I th- <laughs> for for people making art in Chicago famous, I would say, oh, which awesome. is who knows what that means. Yeah, but like, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was great. And I like the work you do is super important and oh, super interesting you. and super cool. Um, and you write for New City. Do. Yes. Um, yeah. Get a little, let's do a little background. What's your, what's your life like? Oh, my life. What is my life like? That's a great question. Um, so I worked in journalism full time when I got out of college for about a year. I was working as a designer and copy editor for the Tribune. Damn. Yeah. It was really cool. An amazing experience. But... Um, coming out of it, I just felt like the print journalism world was changing a lot. Yeah. Working in journalism full-time was changing a lot. Yeah. And not in a way that I particularly liked. So Mm -hmm. I went on a little soul-searching, bopping around different cities journey, um, taking on, like, different day jobs, uh, somewhere with marketing, somewhere with, like, instructional design, which is basically, like, e-learning. Um, one even took me to France, where I taught English to uh, French kids, which was pretty cool. But all the while, I like continued freelancing in mostly arts and culture fields for different cool. publications. And when I came back to Chicago full time, I found myself back at New City that I'd written for before, and I loved the work that I was doing with them. I loved working with the editor, Kevin Green. Hi, if you're there, <laughs> friend of the show, Kevin Green. Yes. Yeah. And the writers that I would meet um, while, you know, doing all my different articles and all the theater artists that I would get in touch with who yeah. are super personable and nice. And Chicago is just such a wonderful ground for meeting people who mm-hmm. want to talk to you about their art and what they're yeah. doing. And I think that's amazing. Um, so here I am in Chicago. I have my day job. I have my freelancing on the side. And so far, it's working out pretty great. 
I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, I would just write all day and not have a day job. But, well, it's not a perfect world, is it? No. (laughs) No, it's not. There's a racist in the White House. Yes. (laughs) To start with. (laughs) (laughs) To start with. To start with. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Everybody I know is poor and shouldn't be. Mm. Um, Anyway. Well, yeah. I I think that's, like, that's something we think about a lot. Like, there's actually one of the... first probably like the first 20 or 30 in one of the first 20 or 30 episodes we had on um karen hawkins who's like the editor for rebellious magazine oh cool but we when we talked to her with her she was like yeah i she was telling us that well she didn't name it she didn't name which publication she wrote for but like the one that wrote the book on on formatting <laughs> and we were like, oh, and she told kind of told us about her experience with that Whoa. with that organization, um, and it was you know it's it's when you have like when you're thinking about folks that like kind of came up in that tradition that like weird journalism ivy tower of you know mm-hmm. it's uh it, there's a it seems like there are a lot of experiences where people just do it and then they're like okay I got to step back yeah yeah. Yeah. It, it really sucked to step back, honestly. Because I believe I it. loved so much. I love the people I worked with. I love the people that were managing me. It was just everything that was coming up from above on the mm-hmm. well, the corporate level that right. made me sad and upset. And yeah. Well, that's why <laughs> got to build our own stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the move. Which, which, um, you so you had reached out to us also about working with Scopy Magazine, and I was mm-hmm. like, well damn danielle like i've already read your shit like you're fantastic (laughs) like let's sit and talk so we talked about it and we're gonna start a theater section which yes yes and so we've like dawdled in it but like you know we're both opera people and like my focus as a journalist has been really trying to like get my grasp on understanding what's going on politically Mm -hmm. which has kind of been my like coming to to where we're at with scopy now so it's great to kind of like be able to expand what we're doing artistically so like deeply appreciate you for that so thank you for that well and you're going to be our theater editor yes which is very (laughs) exciting like yeah not only are we launching a theater section but you are our editor Mm -hmm. which is like i don't know I i just think it's i think it's cool to have like you know like our first like outside editor Mm-hmm. Uh, besides us two, and, and to Marissa. have and to have and Marissa, but she, yeah, she's just like a general. Sh- yeah, shout out Marissa Abbas for just like being willing to, uh, like she's basically Google been, Docs yeah. and edit edit pretty much every article. Oh wow, that is a lot of work. Yeah, not I, it's been probably like ha- she's been anytime like just randomly she'll be like. What are you working on? And I'll be like, this one. <laughs> and then I'll get like a nice hour break and like do something else, which is nice. But um, that she's been super helpful. But it's cool to like actually, because that's like what you're supposed to do in, in journalism is like actually have dedicated sections uh-huh. at all, like to think about that at all. So it's cool to like get to do that. Yeah. So. Although there is something to be said um, for delving into different sections if you're used to one section. And I've talked mm-hmm. about that with some of my theater artist friends about how I feel like a lot of the major publications in Chicago would merit from having their writers who have been writing about the same exact topic for 30 or 40 years just try something else out or yeah. give another freelancer an opportunity to hop in. Don't have one voice dominate the entire scene. That's for so. Sure. Well, I mean, there's so many problems with that politically, sociologically, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also, just as a writer, how boring does it get to write about the same thing all Absolutely. the time, you know? Yeah. So it's, I'm very, that's a topic I'm passionate about. Well, no, and I think that, like, to your point, like, different mediums really uh, influence on others, you know what I mean? Like, totally. Like, understanding the way that one thing works. Like, you know, I know that this is something I mentioned to you, and it's, some, it's kind of like a, like a, a pet passion of mine of trying to understand how best to handle theater writing but it's the mm-hmm. idea of you know as someone that whose journalism like I've always and and you were you had mentioned me too before too that you have uh, also have that background obviously with your with your past work but the having a background <laughs> and objective yeah. and coming to theater that can be such a like 
I feel like folks, there are folks that I've talked to that are theater writers that I'll bring up the idea of objectivity and they'll be like, what do you, what does that even mean? And I'm like, no, what? What? Well, and so I think it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. thing. Totally. And that's why you need experience in both because otherwise right. you get questions like, what does that even mean? And yeah. It's like, you should probably go find out if you're a journalist. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any um, hopes, dreams, aspirations with this section? I know that there's that there's one thing in particular that you're that you're feeling particularly Pulling passionate. Out. This is why I like deeply appreciate you as the, your journalism <laughs> style is because you're the person that brings notes, and that is like so fucking needed for this outfit because like <laughs> otherwise it's just me and Maureen like shooting the shit. <laughs> Although full disclaimer to everyone listening, I bring notes not. Not because I'm awesome, but because my memory is just the worst. The reason I'm a writer is because my memory is terrible. Because I started mm. writing everything down, and I'm like, you know what? This actually sounds good. Maybe I should keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's partially for my brain and partially for you, dear listener. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. but yes, no, it's, they're here. You can hear the crinkle of the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm excited about. So, um, as a couple of you might remember, a couple months ago, an article about DIY theater came out in New City Magazine, and I was talking to a lot of cool people to create this uh, article. The one that was published on the on the website itself um, actually had a removal of a few sources simply because of, you know, structure, space, and uh, how much would be allotted for that. But on my website, I posted the full thing, right. which is arguably too long, but Oh, well. <laughs> it's on my website, and it's for me to see, and for anyone else who wants to see it, um, check that out. But that's what we're really interested in exploring. Oh, I said a we. Are we interested? I'm Royal very we? interested okay. in exploring in this. Yeah. Yes, I've read both versions of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. I yeah. thought I only posted I just posted it for myself, because I'm like, this is my well, article. I, I, think Oli- I think Olivia shared it, and I was like, oh, that I don't actually have any notes or anything. Like, I don't entirely yeah. re- remember the specific details between the two, but I do remember reading both of them, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No worries. So, um, some of the the companies that I mentioned were Nothing But Without Company, Pop Magic Productions, Runaways Lab Theater, uh, Walkabout Theater, and Rabobat Theatricals, and they're all doing really interesting, creative, some are site-specific, most are very political They work. weren't mm-hmm. featured on the DIY list? Um, on, I mean, on yours, but on New Cities? They were, but there oh. were a couple of others that we had oh. to remove. Like, for oh, instance... Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. I was like, how are you not going to talk about nothing without a company in the DIY <laughs> article? No, no, <laughs> they, were, they were definitely a big source in there, yeah. Good. No, they, were, they were wonderful, and I had to include them. But, for instance, there were some outside sources that perhaps weren't exactly correlated with DIY theater specifically. Like, gotcha. the dojo, I talked to Alex Palma, who was mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but the dojos, you know, they, they mostly do DIY music. But I still thought it'd be important to talk to them because they are a DIY performance space and they do have the ability to host theater artists potentially, you know? Yeah. So, so having the potential is important too. And they were included in that really, really long article. Right. <laughs> uh, but we had to take it out for the one in the new city because it just like wasn't exactly pertinent to what I was talking about. Right, yeah. right. Well, that's... Sorry, so that's ahead. one example. But... Uh, yeah. Um, so we're interested in exploring that idea and what DIY theater means outside of this one article that I wrote and what kind of definitions we can assign to it. If we can even assign one definition to it, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to evolve over time. We're going to think of a definition and then it's going to change with every single article that we put out there, with every single person we talk to. Um, but I think that's the nature of it, and it's quite beautiful that we can have something evolve like that over time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I, that's kind of what I like deeply. That is actually do something I do remember, is that, like, the um, longer piece kind of had more of that aspect of it being, like, a DIY toolkit, mm-hmm. which is, I think, that's yeah. something that's very Ooh, important to, like, toolkit. the DIY aesthetic, is not just being, like, let's celebrate the things we've done ourselves, but also, like, here's how you can do it. 
you know, which I think is like part of like I think that's part of the experience, and I think that's something that I know it's something that Scopy very much stands for. I mean, like we sign up every episode with like go out and make something, where it's like let's all make some shit. Like let's not like it's not just about well, yeah, and we also have a very open policy about like if you want to do something, get in touch with us, and we'll talk about making that happen. Yeah, I mean now <laughs> we talk. I'm about to say a phrase that we like kind of shit on in our in one of our previous episodes, but now more than ever, like let's uh yeah. let's like figure some shit out. Let's like, you know, let's make some stuff. Some weird stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I guess for for you, Danielle, what are I'm going into interview mode, but I don't care. Oh, do for, it. For you, Danielle, like, what do you think are the essential, like, a couple essential items in the DIY toolkit? Mm-hmm. So, to begin with, I think it's important to note that um, to create something that's DIY, it needs to be subversive or experimental in some way. And that's, like, mm-hmm. the very basic nature of it. More so than that, um, Daniel, you were saying this the other day, and I think it really resonated with me and what I think DIY should mean, is to think about where the income for that production or that company or that theater artist is coming from and where it's going back to. Is it going back to the artists and the people working on the productions and working on the shows and working on the company in general? Or is it going somewhere external? Mm -hmm. That's That's a big question. And obviously, I... I mean, it makes, it's obvious from what I said, but uh, it should be going back to the theater artists if we're talking about DIY. Yeah, right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's part of it. Um, Along those lines, uh, you could say that site-specific is DIY, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, because I mean... Because some places have permanent spaces. Yeah, like prop theater. Yeah. I still consider DIY... Uh, yeah. prop theater very much DIY. No, that, and that's my point. Yeah, exactly. Is that, yeah, is yeah, that yeah. like there are always outliers to totally. these rules? Absolutely. Um, Not so much to, to those, you know, being subversive. Mm, well, I think but. the like, I guess the thing is like, and this is something that I've been trying to like better understand for me myself, just like politically and as a person, yeah. is like I think that there's this game that a lot of folks that appreciate DIY spaces do. Like the phrase is like "don't sell out" or like "don't be a sellout." You know, and it's like, right. well, what does that actually what mean? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think that that's kind of where when we were like, okay, we're gonna do the magazine, but we don't want to ever, we don't want to like sell out. You know, we don't want to like figure. We don't want to do. Because, like, magazine, the magazine industry is such a, like, it's a failing industry. Like, mm-hmm. in, in some ways. Or it, it can be seen that way. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what are magazines doing wrong? And I, I think for, that's when I really got onto that kernel of, like, what's your income? What are you doing with your surplus? What's your cost? What's the surplus? And then where does that surplus go to? Yeah. And if there are, like, investors that are potentially profiting off of that business, mm-hmm. that is, that I think is when it like stops becoming DIY because at that point like it's I don't know because it's you don't want to be like oh no one should ever get invested in yeah. but I think it's I think if someone just hands you like 50 grand and they're like go make a project but but I also hmm. well that's just the, I I mean I disagree I, I think that if somebody hands you fifty thousand dollars and is like go make a project like well, first it's of all, just, ask for a contract. If that yeah. contract says, like, I'm giving you this money and I expect nothing in return other than, like, you creating something really cool, well, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Read that contract over five times. Right. But then, if it, that's really what it is, sign it. Because, I mean, people like that do exist, you know? So people do get invested in like that. And, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. I don't think that's there's anything inherently wrong there, but I think it's when it's, like, someone invests in you and they're like, okay, but uh, you got to put a Coke can in every one of your scenes. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. I think that there's a difference between an angel investor Mm -hmm. and, um, and, like, corporate involvement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, like, in the case of uh, an opera company I worked with, um, that, (laughs) this is my, this is my favorite example of, like, the downside of sponsorship Mm -hmm. is, like, you know, on the, on one hand, this, this opera company that I worked with is able to pull off very successful seasons every summer that they do shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On the downside, this particular company, every single season has to program an opera by Richard Strauss. (laughs) 
and they're not allowed to do the popular ones. <laughs> they oh. can only do the weird ones. Every single season, they need to program one. Huh. And I mean, yeah. they can do anything else. Like, right. they can do, you know, they can have as many shows surrounding that Rickard Strauss opera. Mm-hmm. But, like, that, it's, gotta it's gotta be, be there. there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and man. so it's like, on one hand, it's like, all right, I guess I'm gonna, about to get super intimate with Strauss, I guess. But but then on the other hand, it's like, I wish I could just do my own thing, and I don't know. And so I, yeah, it's stra- at, and, you know, and and in that case, that is no longer DIY, mm-hmm. where somebody is telling you what to do. I think that's that, another big part of it. Yeah, because yeah. it's do it yourself, right? right. right. And so if somebody is telling you what to do, you are not doing it yourself. That actually brings up a different point I was just thinking about. Um, so do it yourself. Uh, when you're actually talking about putting together productions, who are the commands coming from? And not just in terms of like what the repertoire is for the year, but um, who's putting together the production? Is it just one person? Does everyone have a very specific assigned role? Do actors not get a say in what gets directed? Mm. Do um, directors not get a say in what's being written and vice versa? Um, So what I noticed in a lot of the DIY venues that I was talking to is that it's incredibly collaborative in nature. Everyone has their like foot in one pocket of something else Mm -hmm. and they're always adding more feet and so everyone has like a million feet in many different my metaphor just got lost no no (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i do well i i always think of like i remember we shared like sometimes i'll share weird shit on the scoppy facebook page the one of them was the bread the the anarchist communists in like france that has like started their own like you know bakery oh wait i saw it was it on vice uh no it was i think it was al jazeera maybe okay i don't know i think i saw that though yeah but it was like it was interesting because it was that it was that thing i mean it was a bakery so it's like but but it's i i I think that that you know like as we're kind of talking out and better understanding like what if like because the other thing is like once it starts having too many rules, like, at what right. point is too many rules for it to be like, oh, that's too many rules for it to be DIY? Because I think that's also kind of a thing. Right. And so I almost think, like, if there is a, if, like, there, there are probably only, like, one or two or three, and I think one of them is that I think there has to be a certain level of, like, libertarianism, anarchism adjacent action <laughs> happening where there's no person being like, this is what happens. You know, right. like, as soon as it gets too authoritarian... Yeah. That I think is a is a yeah like there's not the producer right, right. there are the producers right. there there is the ensemble right mm-hmm. yeah yeah well and I think that in the DIY scene that's why we see so many collectives that's why we see so many mm-hmm. you know ensemble you know you know ensembles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well because at a certain point you can't do it completely alone no definitely not. I, and I, I don't think that ever, like, DIY art isn't ever trying to do that, I feel. Like, there, it's very often that I see, like, a, this is just my show. And I'm producing it. <laughs> renting the space. Doing it all myself. I mean, that happens sometimes. And there's some great things of that. But I, I think that... Breaking out on my own. Yeah. yeah. Just really... You know what that reminds you of? Remember Titus Andronicus from... Yeah. Yeah. That, when that's he, what that reminds me <laughs> <laughs> when he does that show that, about his past life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's and it's, what that reminds me. Yeah. Like all of these. Yeah. He like gets all these picketers, but then they come see it and they're like, "Oh my god, it's actually so good." <laughs> oh boy. But yeah. Yeah. I think I forgot who it was from Nothing Without a Company. It was either Hannah or Anna Rose that said, "It's not DIY, it's DIT. Do it together." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah," you know, like like a Barney cartoon. But like, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, I think that's very fitting. But you're right. Too many rules will break the magic of it. So. Gotta yeah. keep it minimal. I mean, I think that it's also one of those things. It's it's like that, you know, saying it's like, you know, pornography. You know it when you see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like right. that. We, like, and, and it's kind of, you know, the moment of deciding whether or not something is DIY is pretty ephemeral where you're, it's like a gut feeling mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. or not ephemeral, but visceral, where it's like, oh, yeah, 
this is a DIY, this is DIY as fuck. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also, like, feel like DIY doesn't have to have low production value either. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Not that that's, I didn't think no, that's what I mean, you were implying. I, but... I mean, like, think of In Sarah's Shadow. That was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And that was hella DIY. Yeah. But lots of tech. Lots. Incredibly of t- precise. Amazing costume work. Yeah. Really yeah. Just, like, definitely mm-hmm. beautifully but, rehearsed. Right. Leaning into specialists is, I think, the, the thing there. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, if you're, like, that's just, I think that's just an important thing generally. That's not even about anything specifically. Like, why would you not find the person that knows the thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I have a, I have a question that is either going to spark a conversation or just be a very quick answer. And I don't know which one it is. But um, what is the opposite of DIY? Hmm. Very corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of dinner plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly written by white cis men. When you're on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> like cruise ship, like... Cruise yeah. ship block, theater, jukebox right. musicals. Yeah. The, the, the cruise you know ship version not, of The Little Mermaid. You know what's not DIY? Jukebox musicals. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of something else. Um, usually not pissing anybody off. Mm. Usually just very mm. agreeable. Yeah. Very idealistic. Yeah. Well, and I, 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 that's an interesting thought for me. I have a question well, for you, I guess actually. not the company itself, but, like, the productions they put on. Because the company yeah. can piss a lot of people off. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> well, I, so here's my question for you. Do you think that that comes, the, like, pissing people off comes from because of the fact that DIY folks have the opportunity to do that because they, they are already acting outside of this of the structure? Do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. And so they have, like, the freedom to do something subversive? Mm -hmm. Or do you think the subversiveness is, like, a necessary piece? I think the subversiveness is necessary because... I should rephrase when I say it's not pissing anybody off. It is pissing somebody off. Those types of shows are pissing off people of color. They're pissing Uh, off women. Right. pissing off LGBTQIA plus people. uh, Folks. Sorry. And, no, no. and uh, so close, <laughs> so close. I almost got it. And then, you got oh. all the letters, and then you said people. Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I should just leave. Oh. No, no. <laughs> but um, but basically, anyone that's disenfranchised within yeah. that space that is so dominated by a certain subgroup of people, the majority. Mm-hmm. Um. That's who it's pissing off, but mm. we don't listen to that voice, right? We don't listen to the voice of those folks, um, or well, thankfully we have been more and more now. But why it's pissing people off and why it has to piss people off is because those are the stories that are not being told, and once they're told, they're going to upset the mainstream, mm-hmm. the white cishet people. And um, yeah, the so- white cishet men. Mm. Sorry, that's a weird bit. I they're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I'm not being doing a bit. I'm being completely. I have to be care. I like have been thinking a lot about irony lately, mm-hmm. and like as a white cishet male dude, like I am just here to say, without any irony, they're they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. Just because I the anyway. I'm sorry. I'm do like, white do white cishet men get to have irony? I mean, like sure. I think the kind it really depends on the thing for me is like it's know. so frequently like used as punching down. It's really that's hard. What, I think that I, there are some. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's yes. what I mean. It's like like because they are terrible. Yeah. Do they get to have irony? Well, so here's the one. Here I got you. This is an interesting thought. Um, I think about this a lot. There's a very famous opera singers Facebook group where mm-hmm. everybody calls each other the c word. And like I have no problem personally with this. I mean I don't use it. But I think that's no, something I'm saying that irony, talk- and in my head, I'm thinking sarcasm. Well, so yeah, my, yeah. my point being that, like, like yeah. we talked about this in the show once, where I was like, I just don't use the B word. That's the, this is the better example. Mm-hmm. I just don't use it, yeah, okay. and I, I have no problem with other people yeah. using it. Like, obviously, it's women's privilege to use it; they should use it as much as they want to. But yeah. I think that I just don't get to do that, and I think that that's fine. And I, I think that that there are more men that should feel that way about it. Like, I just feel like anytime, even if it's, like, the best case scenario of a man using the word, mm. I, like, 
still am uncomfortable. I agree. I mean, I don't think men should use it at all. Yeah. I'm a very strongly worded feminist, though. So, but, on yeah. that end. <laughs> um, should men be allowed... Or, sorry. White, cis, het, men be allowed to have irony and or sarcasm? Mm-hmm. I guess it depends. Of course, it always depends, doesn't it? But um, there needs to be an awareness of how... I think you were, you were mentioning this earlier, how it has been used to put women down and put mm-hmm. women into a corner mm-hmm. and make women feel small and make women feel unintelligent. And that needs, that awareness needs to be very ripe <laughs> and very much present when you're using sarcasm or irony. So it depends. I feel like there's this is kind of flirting into a really good segue mm-hmm. into our next topic of discussion. Oh, I know what it's going to be. Yeah. Well, so, like, I think that this is something that, like, in the last year, you know, in the, with the resurgence of, not resurgence, but the, like, what does insurgence mean? What does the word insurgence mean? Putting power into something? Right? That feels right, right. So my point being is, like, is the Me Too movement an insurgency? Yes. I'd say so. That feels right, right? Yeah. Anyway. Um, Aziz Ansari. Something that we mentioned talking about. Oh, we're going to put yes. in a content. We're at 31 minutes, 20 seconds. So we'll put a... The really? Old, yeah, dude. Whoa. Look at that. We've yeah. chatted. Chatting. We have chatted. Just chatting. And the sound board's <laughs> fun, too, because it's just kind of like... Yeah. Like, I feel like when we do the radio show, like, it matters a lot more. Not that this doesn't matter. I'm very much enjoying talking to you. I'm not, I'm not trying I to, I don't like, matter. No, not oh. at all. Well, you're... No. I'm Jesus. <laughs> That I was acting, theater, writer, editor, come on. Get with <laughs> no, but I think that with the interviews, yeah. because we're doing, because we are creating promotional material for mm. people, mm-hmm. yeah. giving them the full amount of time yeah. is more important. Agreed. Yeah. Um, this, is for, this is fun. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is housekeeping. This is just chatting. Mm-hmm. You were nervous before you came on. I was. There was no, and now you're. Now you know that there was no reason to be. No, no. It's well, just the thing chatting. is that this always happens to me whenever I go into some big thing, like a meeting at my day job or on stage or on anything. Beforehand, I am so nervous, but the second I'm up there, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. <laughs> I do the same thing, honestly, and that is, um, I don't know. I feel like it's just never going to go away. Yeah, and it's such a sad thing. Because it's like, oh, I could, I could just not. But it also kind of makes it more exciting, right? Sure. It's like, it's like yeah. a, it's like jumping off of um, uh, a diving board, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a kid. When you get to the edge, you're like, this is really scary. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. And you're like, you know what? I just have to. I just yeah. jump. You just jump. See, I was the kid that would go back down the ladder. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had my dad standing at the side yelling, you can do it. And like, go girl. And he was very encouraging. And thank you, daddy, for making me such a great feminist. See, my mom, she would stand stand on the side of the pool just going, just do it. Why are you up? Why are you? If you're not going to do it, then you need to go back down the ladder. Oh, he would never. He'd be like, you're not going down. You can do this. Power through. And I'm like, okay. Mom was like, you're embarrassing yourself. Get off the diving board. No, I'm kidding. She was. That was a bit. See, I was always the kid that I like wanted my parents to leave me alone. Weirdly, mm. not like in the sense like they were fine. Yeah. I just like was liked being alone. Yeah. My experience with um, diving boards is mm-hmm. that when I was a little kid, um, as a as uh, something I guess to bring in like some extra money. It was my mom's kind of like side hustle is that she taught water exercise at the YMCA. Oh, that's right. oh. And when my brother and I didn't have school and on days that she taught, she would bring us with her. Oh, that's fun. And we got free memberships to Ooh. the YMCA. And so we would either swim or we would go up to like kind of the daycare. Mm. But the daycare was like fucking lit. Oh my God. It was <laughs> awesome. But sometimes we would go swimming. If we felt like putting swimsuits on, because that's mm-hmm. always because like the whole process of putting a swimsuit on and going swimming at the Y yeah. is a pain in the ass. Well, you have to shower. You have to shower first. Do they check? Oh well. Well, if you most... walk out dry, they're like, 
Get back in there. Really? Yeah. And most wise, wow. because of the way they build them, you have, yes, yes. <laughs> you have, the only way you can get to the pool is through the bathroom. Yeah. It's through the shower. Right. You have to walk through the shower. Like the door to the, sh- the door out of the shower is the door to the pool. Huh. Yeah. I feel like my family just completely disregards most rules in public places. And I've unfortunately adopted that. And then I get mad at when people are like, you know, do something. I'm like, I don't need to do anything. And they're yeah. like, you kind of do. Like, there's yeah. rules here. I'm like, what rules? And they point to the wall with the rules. And, I... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> fine. I guess. <laughs> uh, no, but at the, y, at the Y, because my mom. <laughs> that, that essence, I think, is part of the DIY thing. <laughs> I think that's got to be part of it. What rules? These rules. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, well, so. I'm done already, so guess there's no rules. I'm in the water, and I didn't shower, so what are you going to do? Get me out of here? What are you going to do? Drain the pool? Oh, you're draining the pool? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, oh, but uh, I'm going to wrap this up because no, I'm going to talk about right, Aziz. I'm right, sorry. But... um. Because my mom worked there, mm-hmm. and, like, she was, like, friends with the lifeguard. Yeah. She was, like, I think she was, like, embarrassed if I got up there and was, like, I can't do it. Because <laughs> at the time, she was, like, 30-something. Like, mm-hmm. she was young. And so she was, like, she was just, like, fucking do it or don't. Like, make up your mind. You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Poor thing. Oh, I did does not matter also it was, I, this is not about me no, about no, no, no I was just gonna say the, yeah. the thing I was gonna say I just want to kind of bring back to the irony thing because I think that I just think less you know definitely less less irony yeah and I think no irony on women's Facebook posts you mean are, are you do you mean actual irony or do you mean sarcasm I don't know man because uh, I I don't know like is this an Alanis Morissette song or yeah, isn't I, it ironic? Oh, are we just are we getting sued right now? Just no. from that, is, yeah. Are just we by currently... saying the words in a sing-songy <laughs> voice, yeah, like in a sing-songy voice, saying "Isn't it ironic?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like so thing. We just like, please. <laughs> no, it'd be the it'd be the piano. You know the piano that she rides in the music video. Oh, yeah, it would like, just crash through the window. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. god. That okay. was the premise of that video, I think. The the um, irony police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what yeah, about Facebook mean... posts of women? I just feel like all the time, like, because I'm I'm extremely online trademark. Mm-hmm. Like I go online a lot, and so like I was for a while. So I was, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's better in text that joke. Anyway, um, the uh, there are a lot of Facebook groups in the world that I've yeah. that I've explored and and subsequently left because of you know. What it's like there's like a trend there's like a pattern mm. where it's like someone builds a great space the space develops people share jokes it's fun people talk about issues and stuff and then all of a sudden one dude is a trash person mm. is sarcastic to somebody somebody is getting a joke somebody gets offended then the administration of that group either hammers down and usually comes out kind of like a like a hard like an iron fist of of authoritarian uh, but but very inclusive uh, at Facebook group admining, mm. or they're like, well, freedom of speech is paramount, so we're gonna side on the dude side on this one, and and that is like that's pretty much the two ways that a Facebook group goes, sadly, yeah. and and because of the nature of Facebook, and that it just is trying to make people click on things, so it only shows you the in the feed the mm. thing that is the most controversial. So the things that are the most controversial are usually like white, straight, cishet dudes being like, I don't know, like, what do you really think about, like... Do we need to go there? Yeah, no, let's... I I don't need to give an example. You all have experienced... I think everybody's probably experienced this once in their life. I could probably give an example that's related to our next topic of discussion. How about those dudes that uh, were saying, well, why didn't she just leave? Why didn't you just say no? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So many sighs about that. So what are your so what are your thoughts, my friend? Um, so as a preface, I'd like to say that we were gonna discuss this last week, but I was um very angry 
and yeah. had a lot of feelings and emotions that involved mostly squaring and screaming. So that's why we didn't talk about it last week. Because now I am calm and can speak about it like a slightly rational person. I'm still pretty angry, though. But, eh. I'm going to be angry forever. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I read the New York Times piece that you mentioned to me yeah, by Lindy those, West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. I think that was really... I touched on a lot of great points. I think it was pretty... I mean, I don't want to say well-balanced because it had a very clear stance. But in terms of... I think it balanced well the 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 perspective of the of the woman but mm-hmm. also like I don't know the yeah, the no. state of feminism in the last few decades yeah where it's like this is we're we're here like the, like radical feminism is here people have been talking about consent like it's yeah. it's not a new thing right. like kind not like not it, it I think it struck a good balance of not crucifying him mm-hmm. but also being like you like you should have known better right can i i've actually copied a quote from that yeah piece can i read it please yeah, of course so this is obviously copyright lindy west not me but the notion of affirmative consent did not fall from space in october 2017 to confound well-meaning but bumbling men it was built loudly and painstakingly and in public at great personal cost to its proponents over decades. If you're fretting about the perceived overreach of me- hashtag me too, maybe start by examining the ways you've upheld the stigmatization of feminism. Nuanced conversations about consent and gendered socialization have been happening every single day that Aziz Ansari has been living as a sen- as, has been spent as a living sentient human on this earth. The reason they feel foreign to so many men is that so many men never felt like they needed to listen. Rape is a women's issue, right? Men don't major in women's studies. So I think that's the root of the issue. Mm. That, um, yeah, the article didn't crucify him. But the article was also like, you know what? This is a societal issue. Mm -hmm. Men don't understand consent. And in some cases, unfortunately, women don't understand consent. And we need to start having conversations about what consent means to everyone. Mm-hmm. And not blaming it on, I misunderstood, or I mistook your signal. Mm. Um, because, honestly, I'm tired of that. And, like, having been and knowing people that have been in satisfying, very equal sexual relationships, I know it's really not hard to just ask how someone's doing throughout the like is it so hard to make sure the other person that's underneath you or on top of you or whatever on the side doesn't matter um it's <laughs> like having a good time yeah no like, check because that's, in chicken i mean because that's what sex is supposed to be sex is supposed to be fun what i think needs to be talked about is how men learn about sex and like where their sources are in learning about sex. So um, our uh, sex education programs in the U.S. are shit. Uh, to sorry for the French, uh, but they are they're absolute shit. And yeah, totally cursing the podcast too. Oh really? Yeah. How yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's oh, explicit. Oh, yeah, I've been I saying been shit and fuck and oh, oh yeah, no, 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 wonderful. Okay, well, <laughs> just let your hair down. <laughs> Should we start over? Should we so go back to the fuck yeah. yeah. Put them on the let's, table. Let's scrap this whole episode and start from the top. <laughs> um, Hello, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But okay, so men, where do men learn about sex from? Um, porn, right? That's one of the first instances that a lot of men have when it comes to learning about sex. And a lot of porn that they watch is incredibly aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever your preference is and like what you want to do in the bedroom, that's great. And like do that. But if it's the first thing you're learning about and you're like, okay, so men need to be aggressive and forceful and powerful and women need to be submissive and like say no and then say yes or or like be hesitant and then like be into it or if a man needs to power through a sexual interaction in order to like make a woman want it and that's what they're seeing in porn in media in the movies and books oh in books gosh romance novels don't get me started um or like 50 someone was talking today about 50 shades of gray again and i was like oh my god uh. I that didn't a- even read it because I, I read about it and I'm like, that's enough for me. I can tell already that this is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just from hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. But so 
thinking about the source of where men get their information about sex and then like how they come to know about it and understand signals or rather not understand signals mm. at all is uh that's part of the problem for sure yeah i um am here as a dude to just say you're absolutely right like that's that's like the way i for in every single way like that's it's something that we've talked about at least and i pointed to maureen and you know mm-hmm. i did a cool like pinky and thumb thing yeah, yeah i for the podcast listeners just in case you were talking just in case you thought that he was talking about how daniel and moody had discussed yeah yes <laughs> although we did we did you and moody yeah, we were like, all right, Moody, what are your thoughts? And she was like, hey. She had a pretty problematic take, actually. This is a bad oh, no, bit. This no. is a bad bit. This is a bad bit. Abort the bit. Abort the bit. Abort, I'm going to abort, abort the bit. Um, I, what? <laughs> Hashtag abort the bit. <laughs> Hashtag abort um, the bit. That's good. The way, the thing that I, I think that was like, a weirdly frustrating not frustrating i don't know what it was for me but it was just something that i was thinking a lot as like the kind of aziz Ansari story was panning out was and I, it's something that i i listen to a podcast a lot called radio dispatch that i really enjoy they're oh, based cool. out of brooklyn they're, they're like socialist politics very mm-hmm. interesting and they they talked a lot about aziz Ansari too cool and i think that one of the things that i really relate to with that and and a lot of different things is there was like almost like a layer uh, like the entire Me Too movement has just been like a layer. This is actually Molly Neffel's words. <laughs> We're like, a, each one is like a layer of an onion, you know? Oh, yeah. But it feels like when we got to Aziz Ansari, not that it's like, it wasn't like necessarily surprising, but it was definitely like a giant layer right. that we've uncovered of like, Very okay, raw. yes. And it's like this yeah. idea of what consent is and exactly what you're saying. This idea of how men are taught about sex at a societal level mm-hmm. things that were basically like taken for granted mm-hmm. which is the idea that like men have to be the one to like initiate right. you know and that's something that you know i think that also in a weird way a lot of men had to struggle with and either <laughs> were ended up like being a terrible person or like being lonely for a lot of their lives and being then the like oh why doesn't this girl love me i'm like the nice guy thing maybe mm. maybe i don't know i'm i'm not like trying to like generalize it but yeah um could but be a, one reason that mr nice guy ends up that way i it's just the way that we just don't communicate at all about it no in america we're very uncomfortable talking about sex yeah That's totally true Maybe it's puritanical roots. Maybe it's other things. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think... I don't know. I, I read an article that I'm forgetting the nuances of, because I read it several years ago, that really spoke to me about the importance of raising children in a sex-positive household. Oh, yes. Totally. And when I read it, I think that I had kind of like... You know, as as a woman with limited sexual experience was like was kind of like tied up in knots about just because mm-hmm. I hadn't like quite figured out my own shit yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was I was like, ooh, that sounds stressful. <laughs> like raising kids in a house where you just talk about sex. Like that sounds like a lot. And now and I mean, I now understand and I and I think and that was yeah. a product of the fact that like kids don't grow up or at least like our, at our age like yeah. kids didn't grow up in sex positive households right. unless they did and then they were weird yeah <laughs> like or at least they were perceived as weird right mm-hmm. yeah well i think that's an interesting thought because i think that where i was where i'm coming at too and i think tell me if i'm misrepresenting what you're saying but like is that in a way like the le- the thing that this story did was it became so much more relatable. Not that it wasn't relatable before, and especially for women, obviously. So many women have gone through mm-hmm. harassment and assault, and, and it's a terrible thing. But I think that, that this one, like, the way that th- this story mm-hmm. was just, like, something that so many people have gone through. And, like, it was, yeah, it's a terrible thing, but it's something that, I don't know. I, I, this is now... I've just entered the, the part of my point where, like, I absolutely do not want to speak for people. Because I don't want to say that, like, this is a story that, that women can relate to. But from what 
that what Molly Neville was talking about with it was that it was that it is something that a lot of women well go and through. allow yeah. me to take up the gauntlet here yeah it's what a lot of women have yes. gone through yeah. like just like very mm-hmm. like maybe it's not sex but it's sex adjacent yeah. or if it is sex then even more relatable like and it's like just very, uncomfortable very unpleasant well because i you know i i read or consumed something recently that talked about like in, relating to the Aziz Ansari thing about how in um, deeply primal encounters, you know, women or humans um, can, if they're uncomfortable, then they have fight, flight, or freeze. Yes, I it was saw a video. A video. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, there have been, se- and the, the, when she talked about freeze as a mm-hmm. reaction, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Because I've, absolutely experienced that before where right. i mean like it it's in that gr- it's in that gray area mm-hmm. of like i don't like this this like in your mind you're like this isn't anything but then why am i so uncomfortable right and it's like because it's not because it is a thing yes definitely and right. and it's just like yeah you know apologizing for the person you're with of like oh well he, the the right. intentions probably aren't bad but it's like it doesn't matter what the intentions right. are it's about how you're feeling yeah yeah right. and in that case i think a lot of women can relate because we've been made to make excuses for everyone's behavior right. especially men's or like blaming it on ourselves mm-hmm. yeah like, like you know i wasn't clear enough or i well you know like five minutes ago i said i would but now i don't want to or now like i'm not but, like, sure we've if already, i want to but we were kind of getting in to it yes. and like yes definitely yeah i i watched that video too I, it's from it's from a pub, I don't know, online something entity called dialogue and I, the woman yeah. that was speaking yeah so she talked about fight flight yeah i have notes yeah you're so cool <laughs> i have notes guys so many notes <laughs> good. good um so yeah, fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, and she mentioned how being in those high stress situations can be very you know stressful. A, but also it can result in you not being able to make a rational, cohesive decision. So when you tell somebody, "Why didn't you just leave?" or "Why didn't you just say no?" it's like, "I'm sorry." If you were fearing for your life, because that is what it is equated to, your body is being threatened. I.e., the thing that you live with, the thing that keeps you mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. Then you can't react rationally and to to like question someone for not reacting rationally is just cruel and unusual punishment yeah 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 <sighs> yes so that's all to say we have a lot of communicating to do i think sex positive households are a must and a necessity for the future and I, a goal yeah. for any for any you know it, it we t- we're talking about cr- Toolkits. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start a woke parenting toolkit. There you go. First first item in your woke parenting toolkit is yeah. a sex positive mindset. Yeah, and a and a clear idea of what consent is. Yes, a hundred percent. Talk to your boys. Talk to your girls. Talk to your genderqueer kids. Talk to everyone. <laughs> and talk to your dog. Yeah, talk, talk to, to your, your dog. Cat. Say like, hey, you know Especially what? Especially talk to your dog. Moody. 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 Listen. We don't need to go. We don't need to abort the bit. Abort the the bit. I really like that. Hashtag abort the bit. Um, You know, I don't want to think... Okay, so really quickly, I want to mention this because I think it's very sad, but also like very necessary to say this. When I first read the Babe article, which, side note, clearly not the best piece of journalism in the planet but but there are a lot of journalists that are like having that hard game of like this is both a very interesting source but also can we talk about the formatting please (laughs) (laughs) what style guide are they using outside of the way it was written where it was published etc the story itself troubling upsetting my first read of it i like was nearly in tears and i was with my partner daniel at the time and i told him i don't want to have any girls because I never want my little girl to ever experience anything like this. And mm. I'm tired of all women experiencing something like this. And he just couldn't say anything, obviously. Like, how do you react to that? Yeah. And and I obviously don't really think that way. But that was my reaction in the moment. Because I was like, I cannot ima- like imagine this happening 
to someone that I made, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. No, I'm very much resonating with your partner right now where I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, it's just that it's like, it's terrible. Yeah. No, and I mean, you know, it's something that like, I can't say that I've thought of organically, but now that you're saying that, I'm like, yeah. I mean, in like I can so deeply identify with that train of thought entering my head, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Of like these are experiences that I've had that whenever topics of consent come up, right. they immediately enter my head. Right. That I'm like I'm like I don't want I don't want these memories no, in no. in the in the memory of someone that I nurture. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. But now, you know, with some thought, with like a week having passed by, thinking of like ideas and discussions, mm. I could have a girl, but that girl is going to kick everyone's ass. Oh, that's... <laughs> you got it. Yeah. She is going to be a warrior, and she is going to take the shit from no one, especially not men. Mm. Cool. Well... Um, we've definitely gone over. Sorry. No, that's... <laughs> where, where are we at? Uh, well, it's 56, 45, but there are a couple things I want to... So yeah. we haven't, like, actually... I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm on a tight ship. But no, I think it was a super okay, interesting Captain. conversation. Well, because there are actually a couple other things I want to make sure we kind of, like, hit on. Um, which is, I just want to, like, we don't often enough say, like, there have been some awesome things that have happened in the last week or two, Scoppy-wise, and so I, like... Yeah. want to make sure I want to think of if there's anything we really want to highlight like I definitely think the last I don't know when this will come out uh this will come out before glitter money I think or probably around the same time or I don't know this will this will come out this week right I mean you're you you've got the you've got the ignition so I mean you can put this after glitter money if you want well if if you if there is no, if look at your feed right now, <laughs> there are recent things that you should definitely check out. And if they're not there, keep an eye out. <laughs> Glitter money is a thing that it will probably be the most recent thing. So it will cool. either have not happened or be the thing right before this episode. Mm-hmm. That is was a super interesting, um, the conversation we had, and also just their performance was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. They're like a, they're a, a few, uh, two women uh, rap duo. Fantastic. We had their like as opposed to DJ. a four women rap duo. Yeah. Duo. Duo. <laughs> Holding up two fingers. Duo. Uno ratito más. Oh, she was so cool. Alicia Macania. Mm-hmm. Ma- yeah, Macania. Yeah. It's with the G. It's with the G. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, check that out. She was fantastic. The conversation we had was super thoughtful and, like, super relevant to kind of the government shutdown. Cool. Oh, God, sorry. Excuse me. And DACA generally. That's a very... That was a very good conversation. Gisela Fadji from the Chinese Mutual Aid Association. Very awesome conversation, mm-hmm. specifically relating to Uptown, if that's something that you're interested in. Do you need to, like, go into another room and just, like, burp for a thousand years? I'm good. Years? I'm good. I don't have any more. <laughs> I don't have any more. But that's, a, that's definitely something to check out. Sorry if anybody, like, hates burping. I don't... I... It's happened to you <laughs> by is, now. This, this is isn't a... the first moment that I've burped on the podcast, for sure. One of my favorite, like, episode... Because when we, we do, do episode three, descriptions, yeah. when we do episode descriptions, right. um, at the end of... At the at the end, like the last thing that we do is we try to think of something funny that happened. Yeah. And my favorite, favorite, favorite <laughs> something funny that happened that I've ever written has been and Daniel burped and it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of like whenever Daniel burps on an episode, I'm like, if we don't have any funny have anything funny that happened, it could always be and Daniel burped and it was gross. Well now we do have something. Mm. Yeah. There have definitely Aboard been there was something bit. right. That is true. Wait, what? Abort oh, the bit. Abort the bit. <laughs> you know, yeah. we gotta think of this shit for merch. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really yes. good. Um, yes. There's also uh, something that came up very early in in Scoppiness that came... That I, I don't know how it... it I saw it in, the, in some comment thread that at one point very early on, I, I put hashtag carbs over gender norms... And I was like, oh my god, if we ever have merch, that needs to be on a t-shirt. And then I just... Oh, I love it. You were in the middle of a train of thought. No, you're good. <laughs> are you, are you, wait, you're sorry. Fine. Really quickly. Going off of that, are you going to dress up bread and pasta in, like, gender normative clothing? Um, like, I I'm think thinking I'm, a piece of bread 
in a tutu. I'm picturing I'm picturing just like a like a t shirt that says hashtag carbs over gender oh, okay. or like a mug that says hashtag Although like a cute little loaf. A cute little loaf. A little loaf, you know? Cute little, little, little loaf with a tutu. Little tutu. Or a top Dancing. Hat. Little arms. Would I have little arms? Little little arms, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. And then would the would the arms have gloves? Yeah, you know, like Aww. how Disney characters are like have little gloves. <laughs> the little gloves. Oh my gosh! And then like and then a and the little loaf that has a, like a mustache and a top oh hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a really like high class, high fashion noodle. Mm. Single single noodle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so milk and petals column. There's a yes. there was a new piece uh, we featured this. Uh, not we, Caitlin Miller, who does Ruby Images, she's a photographer, featured this burlesque dancer named Eva Lafeva. Cool. Is that how it's pronounced? Probably Eva Lafeva. Hmm. Right into the show. <laughs> Please. Um, if, you, if you're listening. Eva? Uh, Eva? Eva? I bet it's Eva, because you're just thinking of one person named Eva. Perone? Yes. The one person you know, Eva Perone. <laughs> I do know her intimately. Oh, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Abort the bit. Um, uh, yes. So that is definitely something to check out. That that whole column has been really interesting. Just kind of like like hearing her. On feminism and yeah. femininity and mm-hmm. the female experience. Yeah, and she's. I like the way that she. She's such a good photographer. It's fun to see how she shoots. It's cool. Uh, that and definitely. Um, the Taco Bell editorial is great, but also the post that we'll have probably published now about Amazon is definitely an interesting one. So peep that. Uh, that'll be up by now. Peep it. Peep, 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 peep it. Peep it. <laughs> so aggressive. So aggressive. Although, although watching it happen was so just docile and gentle. Yeah. <laughs> like, for podcast gold, I, I got close to the mic. We gotta end it. Yeah. We gotta call it. We gotta call it. Um, cool. So yes, keep posted. Danielle has some fantastic ideas. She sent us a, a a list of them, and I just was like, "This is all great." And then I like send a bunch of thoughts, and then was just like, "Yeah, this is just all great." <laughs> and I remember, I remember looking back at that, and I was like, "Kind of a mixed message, Daniel." <laughs> yeah, it's but no, okay. it was, yeah, that's it how was cool. I react to things too. Just yeah. like as I'm going through it, I write things. I'm yeah, like, I have a question. Oh wait, you just answered it. Good. Okay. Moving yeah. On. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. So definitely peep that. Uh, there, there's something else I feel like that I wanted to maybe. Oh. 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 Uh, the Facebook group. At join the Facebook group if you listen to the show We've and you're not on the Facebook people, group. Like in the past couple days, request join. to join. Yeah. Do join it. Uh, sounding board. Named after this episode of this for- podcast format. Named after this episode. Yeah, no. Um, no, uh, do check that out, the Facebook group. It's super fun, super interesting. I, like, publicly apologized on Facebook today <laughs> because I just, like, what honestly ended up happening was I was like, all right, we want to have a Facebook group for Scappy. I want it to be, like, legitimate right away. Like, I don't want to deal with the half measure of just, like, being a thing that, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Where, like, you make a Facebook group and then there's, like, six people in it and you're mm. like, one day this will be this will exist. I was like, fuck it. This ex- this matters to me. Yes. This is if you're my friend on Facebook and I added you to that group, right. like you can either be in the group or take yourself out of it actively. And like, sorry that this is happening to you, but also I want this group to have a hundred people already. Like right. it wasn't there was I just want this to be a group of people that that yes. we can talk and communicate and and that was super important to me. Well, so everyone can always leave. You know? That's and I, I I made sure to say that right up front and the pin post is just like. Listen, I added a bunch of random people. I think you all are going to like each other. Leave if this is weird <laughs> for you. <laughs> if this experience is a terrible experience for you, I will not know if you leave. No one will. In fact, there are people that have left. That's why I published on I posted on Facebook because there's like four people that have left and I have no idea who they are. Mm. But I feel kind of bad because I'm like, "Oh, wow, I like inflicted this upon you." Cuz there I only added people that I like. <laughs> Like, I was, like, it's like, oh, I just, like, this is... But, I mean, 128 people we've added. Like, you know, mm. there's going to be someone that, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yes. End it. Abort the bed. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. And I am still Danielle Levski. Yeah. Nice. Um, if you want to keep up with what we are up to, you can head to scopymag.com. Uh... That's not how I say that. 
There's a lot of ways to do that. Head to scoffymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there. Why are you phoning this in? Uh, (laughs) This is important information. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are a lot of ways that I've fucked this up already. There are a lot of ways you can do it. Scoppymag.com. 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 That's our website. We post a lot of articles there as well as our po- as well as all of our. Uh... Head to our website to find all of our content. You can also find us on social media. Facebook, we're Scoppy Magazine. On Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Google Play, Radio Public, and iTunes Podcasts. We are Scoppy Mag, and we spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to talk about the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. That means everything that we've been able to do has only been available because of your help. <laughs> you're the fucking worst! So able to give uh please do otherwise we really appreciate what you do you go ahead take it from here i don't even know i'm just gonna start over (laughs) this is the worst thing that has ever happened i'm like looking at danielle and i'm like i'm so am i bad luck (laughs) no danielle's just sleepy no not at all i'm so sorry and as always i'm here to emphasize the importance of donations we run on a shoestring budget everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity so first of all thank you so much second of all we could use a little bit more help if you're in a position to give you can head to our website scopymag.com and go to our donate section there are a couple ways that you can give First of all, you could do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give um, otherwise, for as little as $5 a month, you can support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media. If you're interested in giving at a higher level or in advertising opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, give a little give a lot and if you can't give then listen participate and share cool thanks again so much for listening go out and make something yep